0: Out. Let's pop some ducks. This is the upduck Podcast,
1: a blend of upland and waterfowl hunting. Tune in as your hosts Tyler Beaton, Jeff Ludicky, Matt Jeske chat about training dogs and share their bird
0: hunting stories, tactics, and strategies. Welcome back. To another episode of the Up Duck Podcast. My name is Tyler Meaden. I am one of your hosts, and I am joined by my esteemed co-host, the rooster assassin, Jeff Ludicki, and the Mississippi River boat gambler himself, Matt Jeske. What's going on, fellas? We're doing good, doing good. Yeah, good evening. Yeah, great. Awesome. What are we what? Okay. We're gonna dive right in. But first, as always, what are we drinking tonight?
1: Well, I'm usually the only one that's drinking beer, so I'll go first here. <laughs> I got the Capital Brewing Wisconsin Amber. Mm, that's good. In the okayest Hunter koozie. Oh, beautiful. Got the, the green buffalo plaid. You do. This, is a, this is. is a great koozie, by the way.
0: It is. It's a. Uh, it's one of a kind.
1: It is. Love it. Can't we
0: really find that anywhere? Uh, so comment on the Capital Amber back when I used to drink beer. Uh, much more so than I do now. That was one of my favorites. It's a
1: really great. good beer. It's, it's 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 very sweet actually, which I, I like.
2: It's good. Mm-hmm. Excellent, Matthew. Yep, Jeff called it so. Water, water again tonight.
0: <laughs> oh man, I'm
2: I'm I'm uh, I got the
0: uh, the old sparkling ice. Mm-hmm. Look at that right there, right with the camera. Strawberry lemonade tonight. You know, I forget what this one tastes like. It was on sale, and I was walking through the grocery store. I was like, "That would be perfect for the podcast." So that's—I
1: don't think over. I've ever had one of them.
0: They're actually really good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, zero sugar, vitamins, and antioxidants. Uh, five calories. You know, ready to go here. Um. All right. What are we? Uh, what are we talking about tonight, boys?
1: Well, I think we gonna do a little recap on our last episode, right? We were talking about dogs and there was a lot to unpack during that episode. Um, we were talking to Tony, so I think we're going to kind of take a step back and unpack some of that and kind of see what, what our thoughts are with some of the topics that we were talking to him about.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, Tony Peterson from Meteor was on our last episode and uh, he talked about his... He, how he learned the hard way, right? He, he learned a hard lesson about what he wants to look for in a dog when he's going to pick out a puppy, right? Um, he had a, you know, it was a very traumatic experience with a dog who was there one day and gone the next. Um, and so then he started to look for something different in his next dogs that he got. And as the three of us started talking, about, we, like, we thought it'd be interesting to, to get our perspectives on the dogs that we have currently, what we look for um in those dogs when we got them and um you know see if we thought things through or if we were you know just grabbing a dog cuz we were excited and uh, i think we'll get some get some interesting perspectives here did i miss anything
1: no that sounds good okay. Okay.
0: let's dig into it all right matt i want to know m- with maggie right what yeah. was that process like
2: so we decided uh, probably the spring, fall, spring of 2018 to really buckle down and start looking at breeders in the greater Iowa, Wisconsin area. We we knew we wanted a lab, I mean, because that's what I wanted for hunting since I was a child, right? So we knew it was going to be a lab, we knew it had to have, I mean, I'd read enough books and I know books, we can get into that later, but, um, you know, I, I knew enough of what I needed to kind of look at. So I know Tony had mentioned, you know, get to know somebody who can tell you what, um you know a lineage really means right so titles on dogs um there's a lot of acronyms out there and if you don't understand it it can be mean wildly different things um so it kind of you know i was reading the the doc and like the generic retriever book and he has a really good explanation of those titles both on the field trial side and the hunt test side so i kind of knew you know you want something with the higher titles right so at a minimum that was gonna be what i looked for um I had a couple of breeders picked out. Nobody really had any litters coming up. Um, and then it would have been spring 28, like late spring, 2018. We talked to a breeder in Stockton, Illinois that I happened to see at a gas station that had, uh, a pinup board. And I, you know, I looked, uh, looked him up. He had really good, uh, really good dogs, um, at their kennel and then the kennel that he trained with. Um, and I, gave him a call and he he really likes selling to hunters and hunt test families because that's what, you know, he does with his family. So um, originally we wanted a yellow, but he didn't have any, um, have any litters coming up one. And then he had a black litter coming up that didn't take. And he said, I had chocolates on the ground come, you know, August or uh, July 2nd. So that's when Maggie was born. And we said, yeah, we'll, we'll take one of the chocolate ones. Once he sent over the the lineage, I kind of looked it up, said, Yep, these seem like really solid titles. Didn't really know much about the lineage. Um, His dog was like one pass short of a master hunter, but also like a great family dog. Kind of got to know her. Um, Turns out some of the strongest chocolate lines like that there are. um, Didn't know that at the time, obviously, but that's kind of what the background was. So we we really tried to do our research, kind of what Tony was hitting on. Um, Definitely have the resources now to dig into that more. Like I would have known. A lot more about this line. You know, you mentioned the line to anybody in the dog world and they, they pretty much know uh the sire side at least. Um, especially in the chocolate lab world. So uh who is the sire? So her sire is hrs HRCH Wing Magic Shadow Liquid Courage, okay. whose full sibling is Buddy. So Buddy the yeah. chocolate title dog, the most yes. title dog yep. in the US. Yep. Yes. So yes. it's out of that line. Got it. And did
0: I, Jeff? Did I hear that right? Did Matt say a gas station pinup board? Yep.
1: Yeah, I think he did. Yep. <laughs> I got distracted by the name of the sire. I just love the names that they put on these dogs. I know. What was that name again,
2: Matt? Uh, wing Magic Shot of Liquid Courage. Yep. <laughs> yep.
1: It was never to get old. I love those.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. People are so
0: creative. I I am not creative, with naming dogs. That's a topic for another day. <laughs> like another day. Uh did you so you had read you had read um Dawkins um book. Did you yep. did you look at health clearances?
2: Yeah. Yep. Okay. So everything came from both sides. Um I knew enough that way, right? So Dawkins book actually for like a very basic beginner tells you pr- it's like chapter one, right? It's like titles, know your health clearances because that's kind of what Tony talked about is you're buying into that um for hopefully a, a really healthy dogs um dog's life right so um you know clear on everything um or at least good on you know um whatever clearances you had but it is something i did look into for sure so what are the main ones
1: that they check for with labs
2: um so hips hips, uh, hips probably hips, elbows, one, eyes. Right? yep hips elbows eyes eic uh is one for sure those are the main ones
0: there's yeah. there's more and more tests now too there's a lot yeah yeah i think our our
1: vishla had her thyroid tested as well so it's hips elbows eyes and
0: thyroid i think were the main ones for the vishlas hmm. interesting mm-hmm. every breed has their thing though too
1: yeah uh, that's why i was curious with the labs if that was different on the, on that side versus the pointer side
0: no it's yeah. even golden versus labs i don't know what it is but i was talking Gold's to are, they have an extensive list yeah yeah, yeah, they do. They do. Um, and I've never even I was talking to a buddy who's a pro trainer down in he's in Arkansas now, but he's um he was telling me about some of the tests and I'd never heard of them because I only know some of the lab stuff, lab yeah. testing done. Yeah. So that's good. Yeah. Um yeah, good question, Jeff. I had another one I forgot I forgot I was gonna ask them at. That's um the so my question for you is okay. Um, knowing what, you know, now though, like what's, what's going to be different the next time that you, that you pick out a puppy.
2: I think we got really lucky. And if you would have, if I would have been the trainer, I am now would have had like a phenomenal test dog, right? Have a great family dog, great off switch, great hunting. Definitely built. And a lot of it was me training, right? So, um, there'd be a lot of stuff I would have done over totally different on my end, not necessarily picking her out. That said, there's definitely something to be said, and Tony mentioned it, if you can watch the parents. So, um, you know, in a hunt test, whatever, Sunday morning practice, if you can watch the parents and know what you like, you know, you you train with some people and maybe the dog whines. Some of it's genetic sometimes, some of it's trained in, right? But if you knew that, why put yourself in that position? And you wouldn't know that from a piece of paper. That's the one thing that makes it kind of difficult, Um, you know. I'd like to see it and I don't know, not that I'd, I'd change something, but, um, in the future, maybe I would see the parents, but it's not always convenient either. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure.
0: I was going to actually ask you that too. If you had, you said you got to know the, um, uh, the, the females and she's a great family dog.
2: Yeah. Yep. He He had four kids at the time. Like she was an inside dog at the kennel. Like it was a legitimate family dog. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But you didn't, you didn't see her work though
2: nope yeah and at the time we was looking for a number one family dog a number two dog that would pick stuff yes. up and she Bingo. would she would throw dogs that would do both of those so yes right yeah of course of
0: course yeah um, okay good that's that was really good oh one more thing um do you know the name of that that book that um he's written a, a bunch of stuff
2: but do you know the name of that so book? the basic one uh, i can find it Cause he's got two main ones out so this one's the retriever training Retriever the, Training. the complete guide to developing your hunting dog okay okay yeah i i actually don't
0: i haven't read that i haven't actually read oh. any of i've read any of docket stuff so i don't
2: have his advanced retriever book it was always on my <laughs> list to read but i mean of all the books i have like 20 books i've only got his one okay nah,
0: yeah. that's good yeah that's interesting. Uh sounds like, though, I mean, you you did your research. You uh, you found like a pretty well-done pedigree, you know? Yeah. Maybe you didn't know the dogs on it like you do now, but yeah. you'd, you'd look for a similar type of pedigree. Yep.
2: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of HRCH, some FC, AFC, you know, a little bit farther out. Um, and then even some Grandmaster Pointing in there as well. It, it had a, just a slew of everything in there. of rounded it out nicely it's good yeah
0: jeff let's talk about josie yeah so So, go ahead no no go ahead go ahead you could just dive dive right (laughs) in dive in okay
1: um i I know i talked about this a little bit on the first episode
0: but we
1: ended up going I, i knew i wanted a pointer First and foremost, I knew I wanted a pointer. Um, My wife was allergic to dogs. So that was one of the big um, things for us is that we wanted to find a dog that was very clean, somewhat hypoallergenic, which they're not really hypoallergenic, but as close as you can get to hypoallergenic for a sporting dog. Um, Vishal has made the short list on that. So I don't remember really how we found the breeder. I think it was just word of mouth through maybe somebody at my dad's hunting club possibly. Um, but we ended up finding a guy out of Milwaukee, uh, his, the breeders was, uh, Russet river Vishlas. Um, so great guy, very family oriented dogs. Um, they had really good lines, a lot of field trial lines, hunting lines. Um, so yeah, I, I knew it was good. We, we went and saw him, um, and we saw Josie's mom and played with them. You know, Lauren was able to pet them, rub her hands all over her face, didn't have any reactions. So it was great. It's like, okay, we're going with the Vishala. Um And then I started digging into the pedigrees, um, started asking around, you know, people that had um, dogs within the same lines that the dogs came from at Russet River, um, tried to get their feedback and see, you know, are they good family dogs? You know, what's the energy level like? What's the bird drive like? Um, everything like that. Um, and then everything checked out. So we decided to go with them and yeah, the rest is history. I, I think we made a, a good choice. It was a little interesting though. Um, her litter only had one female and that was Josie. So I think that was a little different and something that I probably would have to you know do a little bit more research on if I would get another dog. You know, if you put multiple females in front of me, you know, what, what are you going to look for when you have a choice? between different dogs. Like, do you want the dog that charges up to you right away? Do you want the dog that's, you know, kind of more reserved in the back? Do you want the runt? Do you want the big dog? I mean, there's so many questions. And it seems like everybody has a different thought on what to look for, right? Um, But for us, we are a little different scenario where it was just the one female and that's, we got what we got, right? So that that part of it was super easy. Uh, But I think that would be that would definitely be the biggest thing I would have to, to change if we would decide to get
2: another dog for sure. How'd oh, you know you wanted a female or did you always want the female?
1: Yeah. Um, I think I, I mentioned this in the last episode too. I've always grown up around female dogs and that, that seems to be, you know, at least people that I've talked to really the, the gender of dog they have is usually what they grew up accustomed to being around. Right. Um, we always had females. My dad never had a male. I, I, I never liked the humping part. I think that was a big thing for me as to why I wanted to do a female. Um, yeah, uh, as far as like bird drive goes, I really don't think there's a, a difference between the two. Um, I mean, there's amazing hunting dogs for that are both male and female, right? Um, and I know at least for the Vishlas, the females tend to be a little bit more independent, I think. And I think Tony touched on this too. I forgot the analogy he used, but my analogy that that I always stuck with me was that a female will love you, but the male will be in love with you, right? Um, but again, I, I really just think it comes down to what you grew up around and, you know, and if you didn't grow up around dogs, what gender was available in the bloodlines that you wanted, right? You might not have a choice. You know, you want those bloodlines and there's only a male available or there's only a female available. And that's just, is what it is.
0: no that's that's i was i was gonna ask that same question matt and then jeff i know i know that Josie's sire is the most decorated visla in the you know field trial hunt test game did you know that when you looked at the litter or did you find that out after you started to do your research
1: i i knew that um i didn't really know it going into when we found the breeder it was. We knew we liked him. We knew he liked his dogs. I had a rough idea of, you know, some of the big names to look for within the pedigree. Um, for people that might be listening and know was you know, FC Omega is a big one. Um, the Bush line, Crimson Sky, which is Josie's sire, or sorry, Josie's would be her grandfather. Um, those are all big names to look for. So I knew those names were in there. But I didn't necessarily know that her grandfather was, yeah, the the most nationally titled Vishla in history, which is a pretty cool, pretty cool thing to have. Um, I probably don't do her justice having that within her bloodlines, but yeah, the dog was crazy. It's uh, Crimson Skies, uh, 20-gauge Ruger, and I think he was like a six-time national champion. He's in the Hall of Fame. I I'd have to look up the like all of the titles that he has listed. I don't even know what half of them mean. But the dog was just a, a freak. I think they put him in a wing and string competition at like nine weeks old or something like that. And they asked if he could enter and the judge said, sure if you can keep him awake. And he ended up winning the wing and string competition. So it was pretty cool. Pretty cool story.
0: Well it's 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 funny what you learn though too. Like right? the longer you're in it, the more you learn. Mm-hmm. Um Would you, okay, next time around, what what are you going to do differently when you look for your next dog?
1: You know, I don't know if I would do a whole lot. Like I mentioned, I I think it would just be, you know, preparing myself more for the event that I I had more of a choice of what dog to pick. You know, trying to learn what questions and what things to look for between the the different puppies at, you know, that seven-week mark when you go to pick them up. What what should I be looking at if there's a whole bunch of them? I, I just, you know, I really don't know. I think that would be my biggest thing to look at. Um, but yeah, I, I know I like the field trial dogs and the, the strong hunting lines, you know, make sure they have good health. We talked about hips, elbows, eyes, all that good stuff. And, you know, just making sure they're a good family dog too. Um, like we, we've talked about on this podcast many a times, all three of our dogs, all four of our dogs are family dogs, Right. I mean, Josie is a, a complete diva in the house and snuggles up next to us on the couch every night and watches TV, right? But she's a great dog in the field and that's that's exactly what we wanted.
0: Yeah, it's that right. I mean, we get we buy dogs to be hunting dogs, but they're family dogs first and family dogs 95% of the time. Exactly, yeah. Might, might be 98% based on the stage of life we're in right now too. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's the truth.
0: Yeah. Uh, Matt, did you how many how many uh puppies were in the litter you were choosing
2: from? There was 10 or 11 I want to say. And it was pretty split between male and female. Um we wanted a female um kind of on based on anything, right? It was like we thought maybe she'd be a little bit smaller cuz we really don't want a big stocky tall lab in the house. Um we thought maybe from a demeanor side. Um now we kind of know a little bit more and some of that doesn't really matter, but we lucked out on her size. Like it was the perfect, perfect size, you know, 54 pounds, you know, during hunting season and maybe a little bit more in winter, but she's not very big. Kelly can lift her in the truck or, you know, in the SUV or, you know, if something happened, whatever, like she's a, she's a good size. So, um, yeah, there was probably, I'm going to say four or five, six females to pick from, um, our first time through
0: what did did anyone give you any advice on which like female to pick from or which puppy to pick from? And I mean, Jeff's sitting on a really, I think it's an interesting topic.
2: Yeah. I mean, you kind of read everything, right? It's like, Oh, the one that follows you around or, you know, roll them over on their back and, you know, see how they react whenever. And to me, the more I'm around people, like a lot of the trainers, I know sometimes they get the last pick of the litter cause it's their litter and they're selling them. And you know what, those dogs turn out fantastic. Still. Um, I don't know. We just kind of went with all the little hearsay things that you've heard, and uh, this one happened to follow Kelly around. That pretty much was the deal, right? Um, and then he had some clip wing pigeons in like a in like a kennel run there, and uh, she was adamant try, about trying to basically bust through the fence. And I'm like, that's pretty cool, like that. And that was this one that followed Kelly around, and that was it. That was the decision. It seems like it's just it's just a gut feel thing, right? Yeah, that was it. Yep. E- when you know, you know. Yep. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, it's 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 interesting because I think um, I've gotten different advice on that specific subject before, and I don't I don't know what's right or what's not right because I think it's you know to your point, Matt. I think it's I think it's a lot of what you do when you take them home because they change when you take them out of their litter. Yep they they come into a new environment and then you get a chance to shape that.
2: Now so you've, you've got two dogs. How did you yeah. uh go about picking both of yours? You have uh, talked a little bit about selecting your first based on color, um, potentially. Yeah, let's so you start with Mac, be, the Mac know, Daddy. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I did I I I didn't pick Mac based upon color per se. I didn't even know that Fox Red Labs were a thing. Um I think. Uh, We were, we talked about getting a dog, but then I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to take a dog out at night, just kind of lazy. Right. You know? Um, and then I, I was on Facebook, I think marketplace and there were some probably backyard bread labs in, you know, a town 20 minutes from me. And I, I sent them to my, to Jess, to my wife. and And then that was a mistake because the next day, um, she sent me, then she started to Google it and she started, they were Fox, left. she started to Google that. And there was a breeder that came up um, north of the twin cities. They had um, two puppies available, two males left in a litter. Um, you know, they were from, they had Candlewood bloodlines somewhere in there. I don't, I don't, if I look at, it, I'm not actually sure. There's nothing that says Candlewood in his pedigree. And um and then uh, a day after that, we were driving up to uh, uh, making a five-hour drive to pick up the last puppy in the litter, um, the
2: smallest male, the one that nobody wanted. See, and that's another thing you just mentioned: smallest male. Max not the tiniest; he's not the largest dog either, though. Um, he's totally So it's funny when you pick when you pick based on well, you didn't pick based on size; you happen to get the smallest one. Yeah. yeah. Um, but what they turn into, right? Yes. Like sometimes the biggest dog at eight weeks is not the biggest dog. Yeah, two years. Like it, it's a bad thing to choose off of if you're based yeah. on size at eight weeks. Yeah, yeah. He had um, they
0: they had said that you know he has if, they, if he was a female they would have kept him based upon his head shape mm. because they really liked his head shape and the way it was and he's got a nice like very mm-hmm. square square type of head um, and that like he came with health clearances we weren't looking for that I was looking for a lab that chase pheasants to chase pheasants i just wanted a dog that was going to be obedient i grew up with dogs that were not obedient at all and i hated it i was probably you know a big a big part of that uh as a you know 12 13 year old not really understanding that dogs don't see anything in shades of gray everything is black and white so if you let them on the couch once they own the couch kind of thing but um you know and then i i had I like he just turned out to be like the dog. We just got really, really, really lucky. Like just so lucky because I didn't know anything about pedigrees. I didn't look at the pedigree. Health clearances were great. It was 24 months, right? The breeder is really, really big on EIC and CNM. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the time when we bought him, it was like, oh, you know, they're like, oh, you know, do you want to pay for the, it's this price, but it's, you know, it's like $900, but if it's, you want to, you want breeding rights? You know, if you ever want to breed, it's an extra four fifty. We're like, oh, I'm like, wow, well, I don't think that'll happen. But why not? We'll just pay it. Hmm. You know, I, again, I signed a breeding agreement, not knowing anything. Think like, that you want to talk about just pure luck? It was just luck all across the board. Wow. Yeah. How did Jess
1: grow up with dogs too? Yes, she did. Okay. Yes. And Were they sporting dogs or what kind of dogs no. were they?
0: No, no. Her so like her parents didn't hunt um her brother hunts um but like her dad her dad her dad never hunted they were they had a golden they had some mixes um just kind of all over the board
1: yeah i didn't know that i i figured you had all the pedigrees figured out you knew exactly what you were doing had it picked out for months that's Mm -mm. that's interesting
0: And that turned out to be just an amazing dog. That's you got lucky for sure. So I got like people don't understand how lucky I I got and how little I knew before I started and kind of got into it. Mm -hmm. You know, how I got into like testing and things. That's a story for another time. But yeah, I got so lucky. Just so lucky. Now, obviously,
1: it it was a little. Go ahead.
0: No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go
1: well, on. I was gonna switch to Ren here. Obviously, it was a lot yeah. different for Ren, right? I mean, yeah. you got lucky with Mac, you had no idea what you're doing. Ren, I mean, you've been doing hunt tests. I mean, you know all the good lines, you know all the people, all the trainers. You know, how how did that go?
0: So that's a that's a good question, and a good segue. It was the complete opposite experience because I'd been in the hunt test game for a few years, and I honestly was looking for like the right dog for probably nine to 12 months before we got red. Like I would, I was sending a litter to Jess probably once a week, sometimes twice a week. Um, And then also other people that I knew like, Hey, what do you think of this? And just getting opinions on, on, on different things. Um, I was preferential to getting another red dog um, just because I really, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a Mac is very dark red fox red and i'm partial to that now um before i didn't really care um you know but I, you know i ended up not getting another red dog i knew i wanted a dog the next one i knew i wanted to be out of field trial lines i felt like i was pretty good at training on the obedient side of things and i wanted a challenge like a dog that i had to rein in as opposed to build up at all so um i wanted field trial lines i wanted like a pretty stacked pedigree essentially. And I actually had I had a buddy send me the litter that Renn is out of. And he said this sire, like I've talked to the guy that trained the sire and um he also trained like a a national field champion dog. They were out of the same kennel. And he's like the trainer was like I would take, you know, Renn's sire. He's just so consistent, right? Day in, day out. He's one of the best marking dogs I've ever seen. I'm like, okay that's what I want right there. Everything else checks out. Ren's mom is, you know, made. So she checks, like she checks the boxes, you know, I'm just like, okay, I was like, okay, let's, I guess we're going to do this. And she's a, she's a black lab, not red. Right. I looked at pedigree and everything else and health clearances were obviously there. EIC, um, CNM, uh, hips, elbows, eyes that like knew all that, knew that that's a, that is like mandatory type of thing. Um, so we, you know, we brought we went and put the deposit down and 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 got Ren. Um the the thing, um, you know, Matt, you talked about like looking deeper at a pedigree or like seeing dogs run. I didn't see I didn't see any of those dogs run. I knew about her sire. I didn't know obviously anything about Ren's Ren's mom. And that's, you know, looking deeper. Um it was pointed out to be by someone who's a much much smarter and much better trainer that hey you should really check the um websites that you have to register for hunt tests on because you can see dogs results on there and it turns out that ren's mom at the master level was nine for 22 which is like below 50 batting average which can mean a lot of things it can mean that you know uh maybe she was you know running tests too early at too young of an age it could mean that the handler made a bunch of mistakes like I do and, and didn't pass some tests. I could mean that she's just a little inconsistent too. And so um, I have been too hard on Ren. She's almost a year. She'll, she'll be a year this month Um, throughout. But I also am wondering like what, like what that's going to look like because dogs seem to get, they get as much from the mom as they do from the dad and everybody looks at the sire, but it's as much the, um as much the female as anything else that's going to tell you what Mm -hmm. the dog might turn into
1: now how many puppies were available i don't i don't think you mentioned this yet but how many puppies were available when you went to get Ren?
0: yeah so (laughs) good question i actually facetimed because they were in northern michigan they're in the up and there were three males and three females they capped a female the breeder did they kept the one that I wanted and so I had a choice between the smallest female who was crazy um like I like they're like yeah she's the most bold she's fearless like this is the dog that like if you're gonna do hunt tests things you should you should get mm-hmm. uh, and I was like oh, the other dog was a follower more of a follower okay, you know, and they're like, yeah, she's into everything. I'm watching while I'm, while I'm FaceTiming with them, this dog is trying to rip the curtains off the wall, chewing on boots, chewing on the couch, just, you know, just everywhere. Man, that's, that looks like it's going to. And I debated on it for a couple of days, maybe even a week. And my buddy who sent me the litter, he had the, third or the second pick female right he got to pick after me so he was going to get whatever dog that i didn't get and i ended up actually going with the dog that was the follower and not the crazy dog
1: and what was the final
0: reason for that i based on where i was at in life with uh two very young children and toys everywhere i was worried that I wouldn't have enough attention to give her that she would need. So she could be a functioning house dog. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Ooh. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Like the following dog, the dog, that's the follower. Like I'll get her. There'll be enough there. Right. You know, um, based on the lineage, like I don't, I don't need crazy. She'll be enough there. I just got to pull just a little bit out. Um, built her confidence up that was the reason that i went with the doc that was the follower as opposed to the crazy one
1: and how has your buddy's experience experience been with the uh the crazy one
0: uh it's a very good question we should have him on to talk about it sometime
1: okay well we can save it for that yeah
0: no no i would say this so like from a training standpoint um like if you look at like a training progression she is much further along than ren is much further along um you know going through like if if anybody if you're familiar with uh like a uh sequential training program for labradors you get to the transition phase and you do t drill and that type of stuff and she takes those casts and runs as hard as a dog that looks like they they're through transition they're like a finished gun dog she is she flies um she's got She's got more dry than you would want in a dog. it's it's she's she's nuts, actually. Uh, he sent me a text a couple of weeks ago. he She was in a, and she was in a, a crate in the back of his truck. He picked up some ducks to to shoot some live flyers with, and she had to ride next to them for fifteen minutes in the back of the truck. Uh, he parked. He got her out of the kennel, and she was frothing at the mouth <laughs> Yeah. <geez>. yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> And now does he have kids? yes yeah oh, he got does do it. yeah same same stage of life as us yep
1: interesting okay mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. so it
1: sounds like overall though you're happy with your choice
0: i i am right she's making progress she's a great family dog yeah she's you know she's very uh very affectionate like over the top affectionate too affectionate for me i'm i'm at the stage of life probably like you two are where it might be eight o'clock at night you get your kids down and you're a little overstimulated from some commotion and chaos. And I just want some alone time. And instead I have a dog that is like licking me, right. Just incessantly, like just please, it does not matter if it's my heel, my toe, my hand, my leg, just, you know, but she's very, very sweet. Very, very, very sweet. Um, She's a good dog. She's going to be a good family dog. And I'm curious to see how she, how much she matures and grows over the next year.
1: Now, this is kind of a good segue into the next topic. Do you plan? I know you've bred Mac now a couple times. Yes. Right. Yep. Um, do you plan to do the same thing with Wren, or do you see yourself getting her
0: fixed? Uh very good question. We we got a female with the intentions of breeding at some point. Okay. So that's, that's fair. Yep, that's fair. Yeah. Awesome. I I actually prefer male dogs okay and and why why is that um i feel like i do a better job of training them than i do female dogs i don't want to like i, I just I, and i've I've had the same experience with ren too where i i have to really be delicate with her um and she's very stubborn so it's a very there's a it's a it's a tight rope that you're balancing um where if I get, if I'm too hard on her, I get on her too much, you know, she might just be a little pouty for a couple of days and not have the same positive training attitude. Whereas Mac, you get hit him with a two by four and he's going to come out of the caves and the kennel the next day out of of that truck the next day, ready to rock, you Mm -hmm. know? And that's, you know, that's been my experience,
1: Right, but it's it's, it's okay though. And now I kind of talked about how females, you know, at least, with Vishal, as I was told, they tend to be more independent. It sounds like that's almost the opposite case that you're seeing with, with Ren and Mac, right?
0: Yeah. So I would say that Ren, I've I've said that I told Jess this, I said um, she would have been, I think she probably would have been best served to go to a house without another dog because she was a follower. And, and I'm like, you know what, that's actually okay. Because I have a dog that I want her to follow and do everything that he does. but um half the time she doesn't listen she just watches mac Hmm. like she just doesn't like i'm giving a a command and she's waiting for him to do something and she's she's not listening to me um so like it's we're still you know i'd like she i alternate like so i make my dogs sit and then wait and then i release them to go through doorways Hmm. or into my truck Hmm. And um, I alternate things, and she sometimes will go when I or I release on her name, right? Ren. Sometimes she will, sometimes she won't. And the last few days, when she doesn't, I just, you know, I want her to. I open my truck today to go train, and I'm like, okay, sit. Well, sitting, looking at me, I'm like, okay, Ren. And she doesn't move. She's not. She like looks sideways. I just went over, picked her up, put her in the truck. Okay. Like when I say your name, I want you to get in. We're not like, you gotta, you gotta listen to pay attention. That's a training thing on me though. I have to build her confidence up. She's still following as opposed to, um, uh, you know, moving along, moving through things with a ton of confidence at times. Well, it sounds like
1: ultimately she's going to make you a better trainer. I mean, it's a completely different scenario that you had with Mac where it just kind of came naturally and was easy. Right now you have more of a challenge. So that's a good thing.
0: Yeah, you are correct. I would say she's already made me a better trainer. Mac taught me everything. I just, you know, she's humbled me very much so. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I can do do this. And then at many points in the past three rounds, I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. (laughs) (laughs) No,
1: Matt, is Maggie fixed?
2: Yeah. Okay. And what, what made you make that decision? We were never, and I still stand by that, like, I'm not going to breed dogs. Um, I'm I'm going to leave that up to people who are more experienced in the dog world, uh, whether they're either amateur or pro trainers. Like, it's just not something I'm interested even in. I mean, that's just a personal preference. We never intended, never intended on breeding. Um, we did wait to spay her. I think she was uh, 20 months old, maybe had been through one, maybe two. She was a late, late bloomer there. So that might've only been one heat cycle. Maybe we waited for two. I can't remember but it was, it was a while, like she was almost, she was around the baseline two years old before we we had her spayed.
1: Yeah, that was similar with us too. We waited till at least the first heat cycle. I think we were told that's really important just for their, you know, maturity and, and growth to, yeah, to at least wait till that time, right? Yeah. Now, did you have, does Maggie have like a limited AKC where you had some restrictions in order to breed her? Or was it pretty open?
2: it was open. There was no breeding restrictions or anything. Okay. Um, and, and that's not something I was even paying attention to at the time, honestly, cause it was so far outside of what I had planned to do anyway, that it wouldn't yeah. have mattered regardless. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: That's surprising. I mean, at least like in the pointing world, like, Josie has that limited AKC and it sounds like a lot of the breeders will do that um, just to keep their bloodlines protected. Right. So they're not, you know, they don't have a bunch of non hunting dogs in their bloodlines. And I think ours was our breer would lift the limited registration if she got, I think it she had to at least be have a junior hunting title. Um, mm-hmm. so just to have that AKC title to her name was the only way he would allow us to to lift that title um and keep it her within those same bloodlines.
0: Right. Yeah, it's inter now that's that's it's interesting, Jeff. That's a that's a good topic too, because it's it's i think it's different by breeder. um i think based on what i know for, for like british lab breeders they're probably going to have a lot of limited mm-hmm. you know uh registrations there mm-hmm. uh, they're they're going to control that
1: yeah i mean and for me it, i was the same with you matt we had no plan to breed her um so we got her fixed you know when we when we could um i also didn't want to deal with the heat cycles to be honest with you you know, wearing the the doggy diapers, uh, cleaning up—I <laughs> well, didn't want to do that. And uh, dealing with the males sniffing around the yard—you, know, I've, I've heard that when the females will go into heat cycles, there actually be male dogs from like within the neighborhood that will make their way over to your yard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just didn't want to deal with any of that. <laughs> no. So yeah, we I, got her fixed
0: too. I can't wait for that first time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'll be exciting at your household
1: now how is that going to be with mac like i know that's kind of
0: strange but how Uh, do
1: you handle that
0: ren's going to spend a lot of time in a kennel i'll say that's a lot of kennel time for yep yep
1: i mean you think it's going to be hard to control mac during that situation too huh
0: no he's pretty good at compartmentalizing um the the first female that he bred this year like she spent a couple of days at her house and she was in you know full blown heat. And um, we have we have a mudroom with like that it has three doors, one that one to our garage, one into our master bathroom, and the other one goes into our kitchen and it's got a pocket door on it. So you can just seal it off. Mm-hmm. I would seal that thing off at night. And just, you know, routine and um, he's got to go out and go to the bathroom and I don't actually go out with him. He's really good at just staying in the yard. He always has been and you go out but he could he could stay out there for hours just like sniffing the ground because there was a female heat out there like <laughs> you know it's like, and then you're like calling him back and it's like he's got earmuffs on and you're like <laughs> dude don't make me walk out there it is january it is cold all right yeah one um, thing out of his mind oh yeah yeah they <laughs> call him back inside and it's okay time time to go to bed right and he, come, he sleeps on our bed Call him to his room, and he's fine okay you know and mm-hmm. i've you know i've Got buddies who are like, you know, this is gonna, he's gonna be up all night. He's gonna be howling. It didn't do any of that. So it's um, good. Yep. Okay. Yep. So yeah. knock on wood that that's, we get that same experience whenever that happens here soon. I mean, um, you would never consider breeding them together, would you? Um, not, not while Mac is alive. Maybe yeah. posthumously, depending on how, depending on how Ren turns out. Okay. There's there's a lot of qualities about Mac that I want in a dog. Um, and I need to see how Ren turns out before I would think about mixing those two, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And now you're clear to continue to use the same bloodlines that both of them came from, right? Did Ren have any restrictions? Yes. No, okay. no. Oh, none at any. all. None at all, no. And then nope. with Mac, you paid a flat fee up front in order to allow you to do that.
0: We paid a we paid a fee. We signed a contract. There's some restrictions in it too, um, like on the on the e. I had I had a dog a couple of years ago, or an owner who wanted to breed to Mac, who was, and his female was an EIC carrier, and so um, that's a that's a no go. So Mac is EIC clear. Um, you know, she's a carrier, so none of the puppies would be would have EIC, which is exercise induced collapse, which is a horrible, horrible thing. But some of them would be carriers, and that's a that's a hundred percent no go. Yep. Yep.
1: Interesting. I haven't heard of that EIC before. Maybe I should have, but I don't know if it's as Super prevalent nasty. in the pointer world or is it I don't know. I'll have to look that up.
0: I don't know either. I I don't know about it in the point of world It's bad in the bad in the lab world though. That's something you don't want to like experience with your dog with a dog. Because that would yeah. be traumatic. It would be traumatic, much like Tony had experienced.
1: Now is it is it like a genetic mutation of some kind or or how do they how does a dog get this?
2: Yeah, it's yeah. it's genetic. Genetic. Yeah. It's a
1: genetic mutation of some kind.
2: Yeah, yep. Yep, as far as I know.
1: Interesting. Yeah, I but i agree
2: i mean even if i ever saw a breeding where it was crossed with you know a clear and then a carrier there's nope that's uh i'll pass i think so yeah. i agree it's good to know
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so yeah it's yeah. it's yeah i think it's i assume it's a re- it's a recessive gene mm-hmm. right and so you just you've got to match two of them up and then it's yeah i, I um dog people that have had dogs that have had eic and like they're running around and then they just like collapse and die it's like oh my gosh that's not i I don't want any part of that yeah (laughs) now do you
1: guys see yourself sticking with labs for the rest of your hunting career the rest of your life essentially could you see yourself getting a different type of breed besides a lab
2: no not for me no okay no I'm i know little, you said that i'm a little really... interested in the, the pointing lab world i know some friends that are huge and one of their dogs actually just got their grandmaster pointer like two weeks ago um and, uh, super strong lines they have dogs out of the two best lines in the world and they plan on crossing them someday after they both get the hrch which is an interesting breeding because they're reds as well um but that would be the only kind of like variation i feel like it's not a knock on a pointer i just i don't yeah i don't need or you would use that uh never i think gold field red goldens are very cool just the coats not for me um just to always love labs that's kind of where yeah. i'm at well especially
1: with you i mean you're you're primarily waterfall hunting right so yeah. that's yep. yeah
0: yeah tyler it's a good that's a good question jeff you know last week Jeff was like oh you know, should we should we get should we get a GSP? Oh my! <laughs> yeah. Just
1: yeah. jump right in. No. It, so.
0: <laughs> just, just like, but it would That's be a fun, it would be a training challenge for you. Just think about that, and I'm like, no, no. Now, how
1: many GSPs have you trained? Have you had in as client dogs?
0: Uh, just a just a uh, a few. Okay. A few.
1: Yeah. You've had a, a fair amount of pointers, right? I mean, I know you've had a Vishla. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A couple times.
0: Yeah, but it's more of like the work that I've done with them has been all uh, a lot of the basic stuff. I'm not, I'm not, ta- I haven't taken a bunch of dogs from, you know, six months up to, you know, where you can take them on at the end of the season. Like I'm doing a lot of the basic work laying the foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not necessarily having them for four months and taking them through the entire thing, the foundations piece, um, collar conditioning work, force fetch for, Folks that force fetch their pointers at an early age. Um, I know that can be somewhat of a controversial topic. And then up through bird, gun, intro, you know, steadying, all that stuff. I I haven't done a ton of that, like all the way through. So gotcha. Um, but Jessie, yeah, they're like well, I know, I know. couldn't believe she asked me that
1: question. Man, they're they're so pretty and they're so versatile. But man, that is a lot of dog
0: yes too much too much for me and a well-trained gsp is Mm -hmm. mind-blowing there's mind-blowingly good um you know especially where we hunt jeff where you don't have wild birds it's just you have a well-trained gsp and they just clean house
2: yeah
1: i mean it's just the strength the endurance of those dogs is is unbelievable they're so strong you know, I mean, a lot of people even use them for sled dogs. I don't know if people really know that. You know, everybody thinks of a sled dog and they think of huskies, right? But GSPs are one of the main ones that they use just because of that endurance. And I think they can, they can handle a little bit more of a mild climate as compared to a husky, which I think is why, that you know, people like them so much. Sure,
0: yeah. They, yeah. They're so strong. It's unbelievable. The stamina is the thing that blows me away. Yeah, and right? I try I try to keep my dogs in pretty good shape, and you know, two hours of upland hunting a lab, and they're done. Right, they're done. It's not you're just they they they're worn out, and they work hard. They cover a ton of ground, right? You know, like you can hunt two hours in the morning with GSP, no problem. Two hours again in the afternoon, no problem. You know, mm-hmm. next it's morning a, they're ready to go again. Yeah, it's you know, it's crazy. Well, a lot That's, of people are using them
1: for waterfall hunting now too. Matt, Matt, there you go. GSP. Oh, I don't think
2: so. It's a bit or the,
1: the wire hair pointers, I know they're using those a lot for waterfall too. Yeah. But GSP is yeah. the popularity of those dogs has just skyrocketed the last few years.
0: It seems they're, um, they're really pretty and I feel like people are, this is this is this is an opinion let's 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 get this out there this is my opinion i think I know where you're going with this <laughs> uh there are people that are buying gsps for looks that have no idea what they're actually buying
1: right and people are saying that they're they could potentially be this is what other people are saying that they could potentially be wrecking the breed right
0: yeah why well, uh, yeah i wrecking all the bloodlines uh i think i think People that are buying doodles are wrecking bloodlines, but that's a whole not. I'm, yeah. Somebody needs to cut me off here. I'm not even drinking. I'm just like letting <laughs> out of these very these opinions. opinions here. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I'll give an example. A couple of years ago, we're in uh downtown Oconomowoc, right? Swimming the dog, you know, getting some exercise, a hot summer day. And I see this couple was clearly retired. I'm going to say like late sixties, early seventies, probably late six. We'll just say late sixties, right? They have a, 10, 12 week old GSP puppy. That does not, they're all dressed up, right? Like these are not the people that I'm, I picture, you know, heading out into a field and and really working this dog and burning off steam. And I'm like, what, what are they going to do with that dog when it's six months old mm-hmm. and it needs to run for an hour a day? Right. We just, what, what are they going to do? Right. I don't it, Mm-hmm. yeah I
1: mean, some people could go as far as saying that's somewhat of abuse towards an animal like that that needs that exercise, right?
0: it's It's a working breed. If they like if you get a working breed and you don't work them, they're gonna find a way to you yeah. know yeah. they're gonna find work that and work I think may be destructive.
1: you know that's why a lot of these breeders are doing that limited registration, too. It's you know, they don't yeah. want this type, you know, those types of dogs within their bloodlines. They're so. You know, proud of their bloodlines and all the work that they put in to get them to where they are. You know that that's why they do that. Yeah, it, it makes total sense.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, no, don't ask me any more questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, maybe this is a good time to wrap it up. Then, <laughs> this is, just, yeah, just cut it, cut it well, off. i's
0: getting fired off. I'm getting fired <laughs> we got, up. We
1: gotta, got yeah. Before you say something, you'll regret.
0: I know, right? I'm I'm trying like we're trying to be inclusive, of everybody in here. I'm like, this person's ruining this. This person's ruining that. That's not that's not okay. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. Uh should we wrap up with some sky blasting questions?
1: Sure. Sounds good. Okay. I, I don't have any. I'm out of shells right out the gate here. Okay. I already missed three. So you guys can have at it.
0: I've got a couple here. So fire away, Matt. Let's right. hear it.
2: Uh let's see here. I asked Tony this last week too, favorite mount or taxidermy in your house? Who's going first?
0: You?
1: Favorite mount. Well, I don't have a whole lot. I do have a really stud Drake up here, Mallard. That, that is one stud. of my one of my first ducks that I shot in high school. Um, but I would say my favorite one is a shoulder mount that I just got back uh from this last fall, a whitetail deer. Um I shot it out of my dad's hunting stand, um, which was pretty cool. This is the first, it was the first year that he kind of handed me the reins to his area and moved himself to a different spot. Um and I shot it with a, a single shot Henry uh 3030. So that was a, a pretty cool gun. Um and I was pretty excited to to take down a deer with that gun. So I, I would say that's my favorite so far. That's cool. Yeah.
0: Only needed one shot, right. couldn't miss. That's right. Uh, my favorite, uh, my potential favorite, has not is not back from the taxidermist yet. Um, but I'm gonna go with this deer right over this shoulder right there uh, that you guys can see there. Uh, that was my first uh, buck with a bow. It was a couple of years in bow hunting. I shot that deer on the uh, anniversary of my dad's death. Uh, my dad was a big deer hunter. The person who introduced me into, um, got me into hunting, um, right? All different types of hunting. Right? He's the reason that I'm passionate about it. Uh, the deer was shot on November the seventh. It is a, it is, it has a really funky one side. It's got two on one side, and then like a nice set of five on the other side. Um, so it was a deer shot on November seventh. It is a seven pointer the seventh day of the week is the day of rest there's just a lot of it's just kind of like a really cool everything comes together kind of emotional type of moment um and that the mount is up there to commemorate that that's awesome somebody sent
1: you that deer for sure yes That's, that's really cool yep all right what do we got what do you got next matt dream vehicle dream vehicle oh boy
0: I'll go first. I'll I'll take okay. Jeff's F-150.
1: <laughs> it's a 13. You want to buy it? Uh, yeah, I'll buy it. It's starting <laughs> to rust. <laughs> Don't care. <laughs> I'll sell that to you. I'll load my gun safe up in the back and we'll do a package deal for that <laughs> okay. truck.
0: That yeah. was man, that was a comfortable ride out to Iowa last year. It's a I do like that truck a lot.
1: It's it nice, it's very comfortable. But yep. it's probably only got a couple of years left. We'll see. I'm
0: trying to drive it to the ground. Yeah, I don't, I don't, clearly I don't need a lot of trucks. So Jeff, let's hear your answer. Go ahead.
1: I would actually, okay. I wish I told Lauren this. I love the look of the F-250 Super Duties. I just have no reason to have one. And I wish I had an excuse to have one of those. I need to buy like a a big ass trailer or a camper, something to give me an excuse to buy an F-250. Cause man, those things are cool. (laughs) That that
0: would be my dream truck. Yeah, you need to start planting the seed now. Then, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. let's really look at a camper. eighty thousand what, dollar truck what do you, what do you, plus whatever I got to pull with it. Right? Yeah. What, what, do you, what do you think about camp? What do you think about buying a camper, Lauren?
2: Yeah, she's not gonna be into that. Pulling pull your fourteen footer behind it, you know, you could just <laughs> yeah, throw it in the back at that point.
1: That might be overkill for the F two fifty. I wouldn't even see it out the rearview mirror. I don't think. Oh. <laughs> uh, Matt, you're asking the questions. I'm curious now. What's your dream vehicle?
2: Oh, no. Mine was definitely like a loaded F 250. I love that. Yeah, I love the looks of that thing. Man, there's zero reason it wouldn't fit in my garage. I have no reason to pull anything with it. I just like its its size and its looks. That's it. Yeah, for sure. All
1: right, Tyler, we're going to set up a package deal after this podcast here for that
0: safe in the truck. Handshake, handshake deal right here.
2: yeah uh i guess the last one i had um no that's pretty much it we we topped out on a lot of ours last week so that's what i have
0: shooting shooting over under today yeah that's
2: it that's all right nice
0: i've got i've got i've got a couple for you guys all right yeah okay. <clears throat> all right twitter or instagram threads
1: twitter or instagram threads yeah
0: I it's an instagram thread it's Twitter from Meta Facebook. Twitter from I'm so confused. It just got it oh I'm so goodness. confused. Okay. I don't Cut know. Off. Cut it off now. Cut it off now. I don't All right. Know. <laughs> uh so so um uh, Mark Zuckerberg, who owns Meta, oh, yeah. right? They yeah, they he saw that yeah, in a battle with Elon Musk, who owns Twitter, and he they just released Meta just released, it's called Threads. It's basically Twitter, but it's an Instagram app and really? you just connect your yeah yeah literally yep. I have not heard of this yep
1: all right I okay. need to do some research okay just 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 Sorry, join completely we completely, completely bomb that question on you you
0: guys did just completely bomb that question pass um which uh yeah we can pass on the next one too right there's not even a point in wasting the next shell which is gonna be have you joined Instagram threads yet <laughs> uh, no. Definitely not Definitely not, okay Alright Alright, um, that, that's it Alright, let's wrap this baby up here, um, if you made it this far thank you very much for tuning in, hope you, thought, um, if you got feedback or comments for us uh, shoot us a message uh, you can find us on all social media platforms, but we're mainly on TikTok and Facebook uh, connect with us there, we'd love to hear from you uh, and if you can, take 10 seconds, to leave us a review on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever platform that you're listening in on. We thank you very much for tuning in and catch uh, you again next week. See you.